Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. We, this podcast exists because we want you to win. We want to bring all this knowledge to the table and, and, and turn you into a real independent artist that has leverage, that has an audience. And that's why we named it the climb creating leverage in the music business see what we did there genius uh i want to introduce you to my co-host brent baxter brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by alan jackson randy travis lady annabellum joe nichols some of my artists and more (laughs) he also helps songwriters turn pro by teaching the art the craft and and what i love near dear to my heart is the business of songwriting and you can find brent very easily at songwritingpro.com once again that's songwritingpro.com Hey, and I would like to introduce y'all to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound, and they help you find your audience. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating that all-important cash flow. Yeah! Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. And why? Because there's only one Johnny D. That's right. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm hunky-dorky. I'm doing all right. Hunky-dory? Hunky-dory. Or dorky. One or the other. There you go. So we (laughs) are... uh, Chunky-dorky. I'm chunky-dorky. You know, I forgot to mention something, but... but, uh, Mm -hmm. We are, we're past, at this moment, we're past 40,000 downloads by the time this episode drops, for sure. Awesome. Way past Thank you guys. 40, thank 000. you guys for listening, for downloading, or yeah. downloading and not listening, in which case you don't know I'm saying thank you, but thank you anyway. <laughs> but especially for those of you that are downloading and listening and telling your friends and leaving iTunes ratings and reviews, thank you very much. That's and actually, we got a little bit of news in there, uh, a new spot that we're on that you can find us. Oh yeah, we uh, you we are now We're expanding the empire. That's right. We are now distributed through iHeartRadio. So, if you have um, iHeart, that's what you're talking about, right? Yes, that is. If, if you have iHeartRadio app, you can find the climb on iHeartRadio and listen to the podcasts there. Um, we try to make it as easy as possible for you. Discoverable. You we want to be discoverable. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, the last episode on, on the uh, that's right on the on the while we're thinking about thanking, we've got another. Um, I, I want to read one more review that uh, that's on iTunes. So, guys, if you like what you're hearing, uh, first of all, we want to encourage you to share it because if you like it, chances are you got a friend in the industry, an indie artist, songwriter friend that's gonna that's gonna get value from this and get some inspiration, some motivation, um, and and um, some education. To, to take the next step forward, share it with people, and please take a couple seconds, go on iTunes, leave a rating and review, and uh, let everybody else know what you think about it. So this particular review is from is, is entitled, Old Hog Finds an Acorn. It's a five-star review. I think that's five all we stars. get. Yeah, and uh, it's from... One for every finger. That's, that's right. Awesome. <laughs> Count them. One, a two, high three, five four, you. five. Right, there we go. A high five star, yeah. Uh, it's, this is from Guy from Virginia, 2017, and it's a three-word review. 
Honesty? Honesty. Honesty! And there it is. Love I love it. this. Love it. Live love it. it. That's right. Live it. Love it. Learn it. Right. Um, anyway, brother, we are uh, we are at the hands of the master here. What do you got for us today, Mr. Brent Baxter? Tell me a story. All right. Well, well you know, there's, um, as a songwriter, there are, you know, we, we do what we can to, to write the songs the best way to make them cuttable, to get them in that room where people are making those decisions on like what goes on the record, what doesn't go on the record. And, you know, and we kind of give them up. They're our babies. We send them out into the world and hope they don't get eaten by wolves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we write these songs, we send them out most of the time, unless you're the artist, unless you're the producer, you're not in the room where those decisions are getting made on what makes the final cuts on the record. All right. Mm -hmm. We do what we can to get it into that room. After that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens that maybe doesn't even really have to do with the quality of the song. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. You know, you're in the elite company once you're in that room. And at that point, they really dig all those songs and they start looking for reasons to thin the herd, mm -hmm. reasons not to cut a song. That process of attrition, we go, okay, we got 30 songs we really dig. We're only going to put out 10 on the record or 11 on the record. And you know, let's, so let's say you've written a very, very good song, and it's on hold for an artist named, I don't know, like Luke Paisley, all right? And, <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's down to your song and one other song as to what they're going to cut, the last song that's going to make the record. So the artist likes both songs, so it's basically like a tie going in. And that's when the tiebreakers might kick in. All right, so that's what this episode is. It's six songwriting tiebreakers. So if you're in competition neck and neck with one other song, what's going to make the record, what's not going to make the record, or what's going to make a single, what's not going to, these are six potential tiebreakers. So I want you to be aware of these. That way, when you're writing, some of these some of these you can affect. Some you can't, but it's good to know kind of what the lay of the land is. But definitely the ones that you can affect, it may affect how you pitch, all that other stuff. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But... Okay, you want to hear these, Johnny? Yeah, man, lay it on me. I'm done. That's good. If you said no, it's be a super short episode. <laughs> Sorry, I'm keeping this information to myself. Good luck. Um, all right, so six songwriting tiebreakers. Number one, personal relationships. All right, so is one of the songs that you're you know competing with or that you have written was one of the songs written or published by a friend of the artist or the producer, whoever you know is making the big yes on that on that decision. It's more fun to call your buddy and say, you just cut his song than it is to call your buddy and explain why you didn't cut his song. Right. All right. So if you're going in and the song that you're in competition with, one of the writers is buddies or has a good personal relationship with the producer, the label guy, the, you know, the A&R guy, the artists themselves, that can be the tiebreaker. So that's, you know, you want to say best song wins, but you know what? Every song that gets to that level is a really good song. Yep. Then they're looking for reasons to cut one and to call the other. And it might just be like, man, I'm supposed to go deer hunt with, you know, Billy this weekend. I don't really want to tell him when he has a rifle in his hand that I didn't cut a song. <laughs> you know, <That's> it. <laughs> that beer is going to taste a lot better, you know, when we're hanging out and talking about how good the cut sounded. Yeah. I don't mind people calling and whatever the other guy that I don't even know that wrote the other song. That's, that doesn't affect me personally. That doesn't give me sad feelings. I don't care. You know, I don't know who the writer is. Yeah. So that's the first. Personal relationships can definitely be a tiebreaker on the song. So this is some, again, good songs. Everything's solid. They're neck and neck. What might make the difference? 
could be personal relationships. Think about think, okay, let me jump in for a second. Think yes. about this in terms of something real world that you that you, you've all gone through already. Mm-hmm. Where you've either been in a position where and I would be I would I would love to know what the statistic is, but how many people have jobs as a result of a referral? Right. And yeah. rather than me just going in with a resume and just, you know, meeting somebody for the first time and they're meeting me for the first time. How many times have you gotten a job in your life because a friend was like, hey, man, I, you know, I know you're looking for a gig. This guy's got something for you over here, you know, whether it's a construction job, a secretary job, whatever. Right. And how many times have you been the person that was doing that? Like the one saying, hey, you know, helping out a friend like I, I can get mm-hmm. you some work over here and do that. And. And then you're practically in, aren't you? Like you're one step closer when you have that relationship built. Like that. exactly, and, and it benefits if, your it benefits your your wallet. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it's you know, um, yeah, your resume sitting right next to somebody else's is very similar, but the friend of the hiring coordinator, the HR person, goes, "Oh, I know Johnny. Yeah, he's cool." You yeah. Know? Right. Right oh, at the back. There we go. Boom. There you go. And think about think about two things. If you're the person on the receiving end of that. You knew, walking into that, that you had a little edge because mm-hmm. somebody, had, so you got the inside line right at the company. Right. And mm-hmm. think about if you were the person that was telling the HR person about your friend, hey, hire him, he's great. You know, he's gonna he's gonna do what you need to do for him, and you can try. I mean, think about how that made you feel. Yeah, made this you feel is, good. You're helping out a buddy. This is what's going on. This is nothing new. This yeah. happens it's everywhere not, else. <laughs> it's not dirty. Yeah. It's not cheating. Nope. It's just if it comes down to two really good songs, I want to call my buddy yep. and give him the good news. There you you go. know, but it's more likely to happen. More right. likely to happen because you know your buddy's got bills due, or his wife's pregnant, or he just got divorced and needs money, <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> there may be those things too. Going, yeah, yeah. So and so needs, you know. That might be a tiebreaker. So number one is personal relationships. It's simple. It's not always fun. It's more fun when you're on the positive end of them. Second one, business interest. So, you know, would a publisher, a manager, or someone else owe the artist a favor or feel thankful if the artist cut one song over the other? Is there some hidden long-term advantage to be gained? Or would the artist or producer be returning a favor by cutting a particular song? You know, that's kind of the backroom Hey, I, you know, I owe you, you owe me. Yeah, he did me a solid five years ago. This is my chance to kind of, you know, I feel reciprocity toward this. Oh, that's one of your songs. Okay, well, it's just as good as the other song. I'm going to go with yours because you gave me a bag of groceries 10 years ago when I was nobody and didn't have any, you know, didn't have any money, didn't have anything going on. Yep. That kind of thing. So it could be that or it could be, you know, well, I have, you know, yeah, my buddy works there and it's his publishing company. And it's one of his writers. So if I cut that song, that's a good thing as well. There are all, all kinds of that kind of stuff that may factor in as well. And you know what? Let's circle back around one more time to, like you said, this isn't dirty. This isn't underhanded. This isn't cheating. You've all done it. You've all done it. Like, you, you know, you've helped out people in your church. And they've come back and they've been like grateful and, and they get back on their feet and they do something nice for you in return. Uh, you've helped out fellow songwriter or let a, let a, a bandmate sleep on your couch because, you know, something bad happened between him and her, or her and the significant other and they needed a place to stay and you're there to help them pick up the pieces. And then they they return the favor and like, hey, man, I, I never forgot about this. I want to do this with you. You know, these same things, it's the same thing. 
it's just happens mm-hmm. to be in the in the music industry in a place that you want to break in on, you know. So yeah. Yeah, and and number two closely correlates with number three, which is financial interest. So if the artist is a writer or publisher on one of the songs, well, he makes more money if he records that one versus an outside song that he doesn't have a financial interest in. Yep, makes sense. Okay, so you know, you're right there. You gonna make it? I'm gonna make it. Sorry. Okay, good. We love you. All right. So <laughs> usually I hit the mute button. I screwed up. Sorry. <laughs> It's, it's late. It's the third podcast of the night. So, all right. So, financial interest. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's part of why you see so many, you know, artists as a writer on the song. Yeah. And you know, their publishers like that. Their record label likes that. They have part of the publishing. All that brings pressure to say, okay, in the event of a tie, the song that the artist co-wrote is probably going to win, just because it stroked their ego, strokes their bank account, makes their publisher happy with them makes the label happy with them if they have publishing interest all that stuff comes around to it as well so that could be a tiebreaker and let's say let's talk about that so on a on a label deal i mean it's is there is there a label deal out there anymore that isn't a 360 deal that doesn't have an interest in publishing (laughs) like with the Uh, artist no so so uh i mean for my artists that i produce that i develop Mm -hmm. i want them in the co-writes i mean very rarely Mm -hmm. do i get an outside cut, Brent, you know that for mm-hmm. a while. It's a rare occasion when I'm like, I need an outside cut and I need this to happen. And there's certain planets that have to align to make that happen. But if I have my druthers, if I if the planets are aligning the way that I'm making them align, then I'm going to have that artist in the room with the writers so that they mm-hmm. have more leverage for that reason, that they have more leverage uh, you know, with the label. It, it improves their ability to get a label deal. So keeping that in mind, I mean, the point that I want to make is is I think a lot of writers out there are, I mean, I often hear that, Brent, you hear it all the time, like, how do we break in? How do we do this? How do we do that? Well, mm-hmm. the best ways that you can do that is really, you know, even if you're not in Nashville, if you're in wherever, Podunk, Oklahoma, like, who are the artists who are the guys, mm-hmm. who are the local guys and girls playing those bars and making that happen? Because that's where they come from and they yeah. make their way to Nashville. And if you can get in and start writing with them, lo and behold, you're, you know, you've got a leg up and, and you get, mm-hmm. you get, cho- you get your chops up with writing. And, mm-hmm. and it's also, you get some early sort of satisfaction, artistic satisfaction, because you can go down to the club and hear them play it. Live, oh, yeah. And you can hear that thing come to that fruition. That going. Man, right? I mean, yeah. so so that's a way that, I mean, if I was a songwriter and I was trying to get to Nashville, but I couldn't get to Nashville right now, I would be like within a 150 mile radius of where I live. Fine. I would know every single freaking artist and I would be mm-hmm. knocking them down to try to write songs with them. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. You know, to yeah. make that relationship and get on that co-write. Well, that and they make, you know, record the song for their own thing. And then you have, if nothing else, you know, you have a cut or a free demo. Boom. There <laughs> you go. You use, you know? <laughs> but yeah. And, you know, this may be a frustrating episode because, you know, many of you may be sitting out there going, okay, well, I lose that tiebreaker. I lose that tiebreaker. I lose that tiebreaker. But they are what they are, whether you realize them and you accept it or not. So when you identify them, then you can start working toward I want to be on the winning side of that tiebreaker. Or I'm just going to have to, my songs are just going to have to blow everybody else's out of the water. What, what do they say? Even if you think it's cheating, it's kind of like that that old saying, if it ain't close, they can't cheat. That's, <laughs> you right. Know? That's right. But if it's close, this kind of stuff kicks in. And it's best to be aware of it so you can go, okay, how can I work where their financial interest aligns with mine? Oh, you know, right with the artist. So therefore, you know, you got the personal relationship working for you and the financial interest. The artist wants to cut the song because they have publishing on it. And, oh, look at that. You're happy to be on that song, too. That kind of stuff. So, you know, just be thinking as you go forward, how can I work my way into some of these? Helps you from getting depressed, too. You know what I mean? And looking at it the wrong way. Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. once you're there, you're there. And if you understand the way the game works and it's again it's no different than the way your life works and inner workings when you're trying to help this person and that person get a gig or you were helped by this person or that person to get a job um it's no different but when you understand that then it it, it's not as devastating i think when it's between you and somebody else and you don't get it you're like Mm -hmm. i'm blessed to have that opportunity if i got one opportunity i can get two opportunities right and if i got two i can get get four if i'm good enough to get my song in that room maybe i'm good enough to get me in that room eventually and yeah. write the song with a person that, you know, it's almost like, okay, that's almost an audition song. That's your, that's your resume song that may or may not get cut, but it may get someone's attention enough to go, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, man. So if you're getting close enough to get shot down, at least you're in enemy territory. The bone. <laughs> there you go, right? You're doing exactly. something yeah. right. <laughs> doing something right. They got, they got a, yeah. If you're getting rejected, excellent. I remember when I, uh, right after I moved to Nashville, uh, there's a song that I, you know, brought to town on some trips beforehand and had with a publisher, and uh, found out later uh, I was going to lunch or something or was dropping by the office, and the plugger there was like, yeah, I played her a song or something, just kind of getting to know her more. She's like, oh, I know that song. I played that for Tim, you know, for Tim McGraw. Huh. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, yeah, he passed. I was like. I, you played that for Tim McGraw? Yeah. Tim McGraw heard <laughs> I was so stoked. Yeah, man. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I played that for Tim. 
yeah, he passed. And I'm like, I, that's the best news I've heard in like years in my songwriting career that he even heard it to turn it down. Yeah. I was so thrilled that like Tim freaking McGraw heard my song. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know? That's I a still, win. That's a win. Yeah, that is a win. I mean, it's still exciting. I heard, you know, the other day, you know, somebody, I'm going to send it directly to the artist. You know, I had one, got an email back up pass on a song from Kenny Rogers. You know, my, my co-writer forwarded me the, you know, the email. He's like, eh, you know, not quite whatever pass. I was like, Kenny freaking Rogers heard my song. <laughs> you know, you will be cool forever. Like he just heard it. Didn't love it. Apparently. I don't care. This is pretty cool. I've heard all his, I've heard so many of his songs by the time he heard one of mine. But anyway, so yeah, a lot of it is- <laughs> I say that again. <laughs> I heard so many Kenny Rogers songs by the time he's heard one of mine. I love that. <laughs> so yeah. All right. And this is coming from a guy who's had cuts, you know, and I still get excited about that. All right. So we've done personal interest or personal relationships, business interest, and financial interest. So number four is safer bets. Okay. This would get into CYA territory. So if one song is written by a proven hit songwriter and the other one isn't, the artist and his team may lean toward the hit writer's song. Since there's always a little bit of a guessing game when it comes to what songs are hits, a song written by a hit writer may feel like a safer bet. Again, these are these are two or more songs that are really close. They like all of them, but they look at one and go, well, that's a Shane McAnally song. So... If I like them both, odds are the Shane song is going to get the love. Yeah. You know, it, it's that perception of they see that name and they expect quality. Yep. And and they also, get it because they get it from Shane McAnally. <laughs> and, yeah, they get earned that they expect quality because that's what they get, right? Yeah. And so if they're not sure, should I single this one? Should I cut this one? What goes on the record? What doesn't? You know, well, Shane's got a track record a mile long. And so odds are... You know, people dig his stuff. The crowds dig his stuff. The radio digs his stuff. You know, the buying public digs his stuff. Okay, that's probably safer bet. This other thing, which may be a little different flavor, I'm not quite as sure about. But the other thing is, I was talking about the CYA is cover yourself, is, you know, the producer, the artist, whatever, the A&R person who's pushing songs can go back and say they single the song and it flops. They can go back and go, oh, wasn't my fault. I mean, we cut a Shane McAnally song and we got so-and-so to produce it and we got you know all these players name don't look at me i heard all the right people must be somebody else's fault yeah that's right that's a good point that's a good point man yeah you know (laughs) instead of going well yeah we went with it you know i pushed for this unknown producer and you know cut these songs by people you haven't heard of and they really climbed the charts which may have no bearing on how the chart position but it may make it easy to blame that you know they're just trying to remove fire me triggers yeah you know so they can go i don't know man it's a safer bet that's you just know, corporate so america money, right? <laughs> you know so so much money goes into these singles and yeah. albums and everything and they're just looking for what's going to get them their money back and make them money so that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense all right so number five Number five is branding. Okay, so does one song fit the artist and his brand a little bit better than the other song? Will it speak to his audience in a way that's a little more on point? That can make the difference. Or is one song too much like what he's already recorded and it doesn't take him anywhere new? Those are some of the things that kind of fall under branding as I see it. So, you know, you have one song that's really good and you have another song that's really good, but 
one song it quite his flavor the other one is dead on his flavor both really good songs he's probably gonna go pick his flavor yeah or, or, or his new flavor right the new version of his flavor kind of thing right, right? Exactly. like you said to your point before with with uh is that something he's already done or is this you know this right. new record we're gonna go this way and um and so we're looking for these kind of songs over here and if you just happen to be in you know, getting your song in there right when that's happening, that could be a, a big deal. Yeah, you showed up with an orange just when I'm hungry for citrus. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the right thing. Yeah. You know, uh, he showed up with an apple. It's a really good apple. I'm just not doing apples right now. I don't yeah. do apples with oranges. You can bring the best apple in the world. You may get through the door because it's such a good apple. I'm, I'm doing oranges. So the orange is going to win, you know. There Especially the companies there, so it's that kind of stuff. And and again, you don't control what their branding is, but when you're pitching your songs, you can consider what have they been doing, what's their kind of brand trajectory, you know, what's it looking like, what they're on track to be doing, and where their career and where their artistry is going. Okay, let's aim for that instead of sending something that's maybe really quality but not really what they do. You know, yeah. Eric and Lady Annabellum, not the same lanes, right? Exactly. I can send a really really good Lady Annabellum song to Eric Church. It's, doesn't matter. It's not good for him. Yeah. And, and so managing your sort of, uh, again, like the, the sort of negative aspect, like we have as artists when we're crushed because we didn't, we got the pass. We didn't get the, mm -hmm. we're wanting to get that cut or whatever. Yeah. But um, one of my favorite songs, I think it was last year, uh, was a Kenny Chesney song. And I'm not a huge Kenny Chesney fan, but American Kids, oh, yeah. freaking great song. You know, yeah. originally pitched to Lady Annabelle. Yeah. And they said no. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and you know what? It wasn't that it wasn't a hit song, clearly. Right? It just right. wasn't their hit song. And they knew yeah, I, that. I mean, I've heard stories about that. And I'm sure you have, too, about yeah, people, I passed on that song. I knew it was a hit when I passed on it because it wasn't right for me. Yep. So, so you know, making sure you're kind of fishing from the right pond, I guess, comes in there. Yeah. Too, you know? I mean, you want to have the right bait. For what you're fishing for, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that that can come down to it. Two strong songs. One of them just more on point branding, where they're going, messaging, and all that stuff for their art. So that's the fifth one. Number six is singability, and this is this hurts me as a lyricist. <laughs> but is one of the songs just more easy and or fun to sing? Is it easier to sing or is it more fun to sing? Remember, these are singers you're trying to get to cut your song. They aren't yep. poets. They're singers. They like songs they like to sing and that they think their audience will like to sing. So uh, that can make the difference, too. That's something to think about. How does it roll off the tongue, right? Exactly. Like, oh, I have this great song, but there's some things in there. It's not, you know, and it may just be for their vocal style. It doesn't sing as well. So it's not even necessarily a question of quality of your song. It may just be, oh, well, this artist that that's a little out of their range. It's a little bit more of a wide range than what they can do, a bigger range. So, but then the other song, which is also very quality, has a smaller range, might be more right within their wheelhouse, and they can just sing it better. Yeah, it's like, like oh, I'm going to sing this, you know, 200 dates a year. I'm going to sing that one because I can do that. And the other one, well, I can probably pull it off in the studio, but yeah. As oh, a, as what a, if it's a hit? Oh my gosh! As a former as a former touring artist, I can tell you that you know, seven years of my life, uh, just five six nights a week, we we played, and there were certain songs where it was just like, oh, okay, 
<laughs> you know, you're on stage, you got to make that yeah. happen. And it's, we, it's better make, we better do it early in the set. Yeah. I mean, it, you're making decisions like that because of that thing. And I re- that reminds me of a story of, of our, of our friend, Anthony Oreo, <laughs> who yeah. uh, has got a, like a, a, a pretty decent range and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and sings his butt off and yeah. was, you know, tooling around town for three, four years before he sort of put his artist thing together. He was a writer. And, yeah. um, and I remember hearing him tell cups the story a couple times where he was like, yeah. yeah, man, I'm going in and people are like, God, that's a great song. And he's like, going yeah, into publishers. Yeah. yeah going, going into, into publishers <laughs> to pitch songs, you know, for other people to cut. Yeah. And, and the publisher's like, that's a great song, but who's, who's going to sing it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have, a, I don't, what guy out there is going to sing it? And of course, Anthony's like me. Yeah. I can do but it. He didn't have the record deal. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, think, think that's an interesting, have you ever done that by the way? I, I'm curious because Somebody pointed out something to me that, that um, and this isn't, listen, this isn't an indictment of anybody's talent. It's just, it, it, everybody has, Bob Dylan is an iconic freaking artist that was never mm-hmm. going to win American Idol and uh, yeah. he changed the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, it's not about that, but like Taylor Swift, right? Very mm-hmm. small range. Uh, and, and they changed the chords underneath those same notes to make the songs interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So have you ever like sort of broken down the range of some different artists like here's the, that's the highest note I ever heard him sing this is the lowest note I've ever heard him sing so that you have that that like I, intentional roadmap of their vocal range I don't have the ears for that so what I do is I, I look at it more lyrically what do they talk about what do they not talk about but yeah I've been in rooms and we've talked about that going uh, yeah, let's squash that melody a little bit, or hey, we can do this on this, depending on what kind of artist we're gearing it for. I mean, a lot of times we do write more in a vacuum, so we're not as worried about that, but you just kind of know if you're writing a guy's song, there's not as many really rangy singers. Yeah. Or if they can, they're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, whether they can't or they just won't. So you know that kind of stuff, but uh, that's something I am interested in. I mean, writing—if you're writing specifically for a project—you know, I have to rely on my co-writers for that. Sure. You know, to go, okay, is this? And I'll ask them, is like this fitting? You know, where they would sing it, or I've had people go, let me change the key. This is more of a, you know, Blake Shelton key or whatever. Then let me sing it in there. And, oh yeah, that feels more like him. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you want to make it singable. Because you know, if it doesn't sing. It won't get sung. That's what Oof. it comes out. Boom. That's that's it right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and, it. Yeah, and, and there are other things, too. It could be, you know, how interesting the, the rhymes are, how interesting the title is. Yeah. All these are, oh, that title would look really good on a T-shirt yeah. versus the other title. <laughs> I mean, market, if they're not getting money off record sales, right, they're not getting as much of that. They still get merch. They get... All that, they want to send you the T-shirt table. If you have Redneck Yacht Club, they go, "Oh my gosh, that's on koozies and that's on you know." They can put it down on branded on so many things that could be the tiebreaker. <laughs> they can put it in Happy it's, Meals, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's exactly, and you know, it's that's a really good song. But if that's up against another really good song, but then you, you can see the, all the marketing that might make difference. So there are other things more than just this six, but just be thinking about that because what you're doing is you're trying to put yourself in we're in the service business you know how can i serve the artist by giving them something that's on brand singable and all the other stuff that you know at least what we can control there you go yeah that's six so run them down again all right so number one is personal relationships 
Number two is business interest. Number three is financial interest. Number four is safer bets. You want to be the safer bet. Number five is branding. You want to be on point. And number six is singability. You want the artist to want to sing it. So, you know, obviously you can't control which songs are your competition. You can just control the ones that you throw out there. You can't control what other people are doing. You just have to do what you can to give your songs the best chance to win. And so you want to write the very best song you can, always. But also spend time thinking about the tiebreakers and how you might turn them in your favor. It's not easy and it won't happen overnight. But as you're mindful of this stuff and you build your career, it can pay off big time down the road. There you go. There we go. Killer, man. Well, that uh, brings us to the end of another killer episode. But that's it's not just that's not the only wisdom wisdom that you have today. No, that's not the only thing. As you all know, I like to help songwriters. It's kind of what I want to do. and now I have a new way that I can help them. And um, there's there's a place you can go to help you learn and grow as a as a songwriting uh, pro. And it's not just songwritingpro.com. There's another website you should be aware of. It's called freddie.com. F-R-E-T-T-I-E.com, like freddie.com. Uh, it's another website that I'm blessed to, to be the proprietor of, the host of, the shepherd of. And it's a place you can post your songs. Uh, get feedback on them. We have a private Facebook group where I do a lot of creative Kickstarters on there. If you like the wordplay Thursday that you hear, uh, that you see every Thursday on, on songwritingpro.com, this is like that it's a few times a week, uh, different flavors of it. We also have monthly jam sessions, which online just ask me kind of anything. And I do some teaching. You can ask me questions, that kind of stuff. We can interact. A lot of that kind of stuff. It's, oh, cool. it's freddy.com. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, so that's my my call I, I, action. If you I, I, value what I do, go check that out as well. I, I checked it out, and I went Thank right to I went right to the song I produced that you wrote uh, with <laughs> Neil Skyler. <laughs> yeah, that song. Like that. I was like, all right, click. Yeah, I like so, that. I haven't heard that yeah. song in a while. I want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that's a killer site, dude. That's great. So F R E T is in Tango. T is in Tango. I E dot com. Freddie dot com. Yep. And um. That hey, w- listen. This podcast exists because we want you to win. If you like what you heard, please share it. Let your friends, your songwriting buddies, your bandmates know. Turn them on to it. They could use a little inspiration, education, motivation. By all means, take a couple seconds and leave a rating and review, and we'll read it on the podcast because we we read them all eventually. That's for sure. It takes us some time mm-hmm. while to get to it, but we'll read it. So with that, guys, we want you to keep on climbing, and we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 